Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan, author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, 10 volumes, and soon to be 11, my friends, available at Amazon in paperback, ebook, and Kindle format, and available at Audible and Amazon in audio format, so you can plug and play as you're mowing the lawn, uh, walking the dog, or whatever else you're doing, <laughs> driving your car to Florida. <laughs> or hunting for a Bigfoot. Or out hunting Bigfoot. While you're listening about Bigfoot. <laughs> and <laughs> as I continue, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to all you folks out there. When you're listening to this, we will be in 2024. Yes, we're recording a little early, and uh, we record when we can. (laughs) Those are the rules. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I think everyone can appreciate that. Yeah, 2024. (laughs) 2023 was a bit of a, a widget. But, uh, you know, I was just watching the news, Kevin. They were doing a little special on 2023. And, of course, they pulled in the uh, wildfires blowing the smoke down here into our neighborhood. That was pretty incredible, man. Oh, that was amazing. I I was up there in Ontario when they were going at one point, and uh, you couldn't see anything. You know, definitely not too good for you either. Like, even inside the buildings, like, you could smell the smoke. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff blowing around, and when those fires are burning, who knows what it was burning through? Yeah, you know, I mean, you got tires, you you got all kinds of. Well, maybe not up there, but you know, there is debris in the woods, and I'm sure some structures were getting taken down, and well, just the ash itself. Like even if it's just trees, uh, it's not good for you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh. It was uh, pretty crazy, man. I guess that's all done with now, though, right? We don't hear anything about it? The fires are all out? or Yeah, I think it was just really dry. Um, you know, bad combination of mm-hmm. being super dry and really hot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it starts raining, you know, nature usually takes care of that stuff. Yeah, it is amazing. It is usually. amazing. And now well, we have those huge waves out on the West Coast. Have you seen that? I saw a clip of it. That's going on now? Yeah. And what is the cause of these waves? I have no idea. No. Yeah. yeah well, they say it's a low-pressure, extreme low-pressure system out over the Pacific, but I don't know. I, I saw one clip, 
And, of course, there's a bunch of knuckleheads uh, right down by the waterline. And this wave came in. It threw this freaking large pickup truck uh, up the beach. Guys were tumbling around. I said, boy, this is a good way to die and get dragged back out to sea. <laughs> exactly. These people were getting <laughs> mowed down like uh, bowling pins. Well, yeah, and in fairness to them, like it's hard to respect these forecasts, right? Because the, the good news is the weather forecasters uh, said this was going to happen out there, you know, this week and because of this low pressure system. But and you know how it is, Bill, because you've stood on the beach enough with a surf rod in your hand. It the waves are strange, you know. Even without this phenomena going on, you stand there and it's like there's like ten, twelve, fifteen waves that are just fine and don't come up the beach. And then all of a sudden, one comes up the beach that's like three times larger than anything that was there. Yeah. And, uh, and not because of, uh, you know, a boat going by, uh, folks. I'm talking about, you know, when there's nothing in sight. Yeah, and that's why I'm always eyes wide open continuously when I'm on the beach. Yeah. I will yeah. step away in a heartbeat. I'm just looking. <laughs> Anything looks out of sorts, I'm backing up. Especially a big fin. Yeah, especially a big fin. With shiny teeth. Ay, ay, ay. The sharks growl. <laughs> they don't have to growl. All they do is <laughs> all they do is smile. Ah, smile. Hi, I'm going Hi. to chomp you. Have my teeth back. So, what do we have in our cryptids in the news and other oddities segment, Kevin? Yes, uh, we are going to look to the news today, and we're going to be talking about a hairy man sighting. No kidding. Yeah, this is from uh, a few years ago, January second, twenty twenty one. This was uh, this was published, and it describes a Bigfoot encounter in Colorado's Summit County. Okay, Colorado is really uh, lighting up as a hotbed. It it is a hotbed. You know, they talk about in this article too that they've had more than a hundred sightings. In recent years, and uh, and uh, and more than a handful of them too in Summit County. So you know, Summit, it's an area that I'm actually pretty familiar with. So it's west of Denver, near the little town of Dillon, Colorado, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ski resorts close by here. You know, one of my favorites is uh, Breckenridge, mm-hmm. and Breckenridge is just south of uh, of this area, and uh, and then also Keystone. Um, which is not one of my favorites, but I've skied there a few times, and I, I love it. It's beautiful if you're from Keystone. It's just it's a little high. Like, you know, the, the base of the mountain is like 8,000 feet. So by the time I get to the top, I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's tough, you know, when if you're skiing and need your breath. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, it's taxing, you know. It just wears you out by yep. the end of the day. And uh, Breckenridge, the base is a little lower, um, so I like that one a little bit better. But anyway, anyway, I digress. But this Mm -hmm. sighting happened there, close by, in Summit County, Colorado. And uh, this is interesting. So it's uh, happened in the beginning of the summer in 2019, where a daytime hiker, so kind of a couple of folks taking a hike, Mm -hmm. was taking a 
break near an old log cabin in the area of Mayflower Gulch near Frisco, which is another little town right there. And he spotted something odd looking up at about 11,000 feet of elevation. Hmm. He reported seeing a large bipedal creature attempting and failing to climb a 20-foot-high snow wall. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. So he's there, and he's looking up, and he's like, what the heck is that? You know, probably a couple of thousand feet above him. And uh, he sees this big thing on two feet trying to climb this 20-foot-high snow wall. And uh, it continues to, to fail. Like, you know, it makes a little bit of progress and then slides down. And after uh, multiple failed attempts at scaling this wall, the creature moved on and out of sight. Huh. Interesting. How? how well, who are we to say, that, uh, answer the question how and why, but with all of the real estate out there that this creature was in, why would it just be messing with this 20-foot snow wall to get wherever it was trying to go in a hurry, you know? Well, but it's pretty harsh uh, environment up there, you know, pretty harsh altitude and, um, you know, and and real craggy mountains mm-hmm. in that part of Colorado. So if it's got to go somewhere, you know, it may have to may have to climb over the snow ridge. And what do you think in an area like that? Maybe uh, going to an area where it thinks it might be able to stalk a goat or uh you know, because like you said, it's a harsh environment. It's like you're you're entering into the netherworld over there. You know, what what are you going there for? Yeah, could be going to get something to eat. A little goat goat leg, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> a little uh, deer drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or it could maybe it saw these hikers too, and it was trying to get away from them. You know, <laughs> could be, or maybe he was trying to get closer to the guy get who was looking to at him. him. Maybe climb up the ridge and then slide down and sneak up on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing this Bigfoot skidding down on his buns. Exactly. Whoa, look out! <laughs> 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 Here I come! Here I come! <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at that Bigfoot go! <laughs> so so this hiker is looking at this and then he's joined by two others uh two other hikers that were around to do a search of the area so they go and they they go over and hike over where they saw this creature failing to climb the snowbank and during this search the group was able to lo- locate both handprints and footprints in the snow Wow. Any uh, pictures or anything? They they say in the article that they did have some pictures and photographed it, but they don't. I couldn't find a copy of the pictures. Okay. But um, but they couldn't find the creature again, you know. But maybe he was close by, just keeping an eye on him. So what's interesting here is this was actually reported to uh, uh, Bigfoot Field Research Organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott Miles from BFRO took a further look into the report, and he went and actually m- met with the witnesses uh, at the site, 
And uh, the witness was able to recount citing in a manner consistent with the initial report, pointing out the exact landmarks involved in the story. And after Scott went through and, you know, all of the detailed account and the different testimonies, he said he believes that the witness saw exactly what he reported and was a witness to Sasquatch. Yeah. And, and he here said, we go again, Kevin, another daytime sighting. Exactly. So get this, though. He says probably a young individual that accidentally or naively got caught in a compromising situation in the daytime in a fairly high-traffic hiking area. Hmm. So that, there's a theory there, too, right? Like maybe this little, uh, you know, juvenile Sasquatch kind of, maybe it slid down the snow and then was trying to get back up to join uh, mom and dad. That were out of sight. Yeah, and get get back out of sight and couldn't. Well, you know, if it's lacking the skill set and the training, you know, we don't know much about them as far as, you know, every creature gets trained by uh, mama or daddy, you know. Yeah. And uh, I watched a deer around here following the mother around. She keeps close tabs on them. You know, whenever they jump and run, they always go close to mama, you know, and... uh, so I would imagine it's the same thing. The, the raccoons do it. You know, they tag along, you know, following. I could, I could hear them screeching sometimes like they're reprimanding them, you know, or keeping them in line, you know. But uh, interesting, though, broad daylight. Uh, no estimates as far as the size of the creature goes. Nothing. No, was, okay. no. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Um, just that it was brown and uh, bipedal. Yeah, so. I mean, you're far enough away. There ain't nothing else brown and bipedal up there uh, <laughs> stomping around. Sorry, folks, if you think it's a guy in a suit, uh, I'm not likely. <laughs> yeah, let me put my Bigfoot suit on and see if I can cause an avalanche to consume me on the <laughs> side of the mountain today. Maybe have someone take a shot at me, too. Yeah, yeah, take a freaking long shot at me with a 30-odd six. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> that is crazy, man. It's Colorado, yeah. man. Colorado. Colorado. Summit County, Rocky Mountains. Fantastic, man. Yeah, so good one. Anything else relative to that? That That's it. That's it. But no. I thought it was a good one. You know, it's in an area where we see a lot of uh, uh, Bigfoot encounters, Sasquatch encounters. And then it was also interesting that BFRO followed up on it and agreed, uh, you know, in their lingo, it was a Class A sighting, meaning, you know, not likely a misidentified creature. Very hard when you're uh, standing out in white uh, on a mountain to misidentify anything dark in color moving around. You can basically see the outline, the movements yeah, continuously. I, mean, that, I think they mean, you know, you're you're exactly right, Bill. The daytime makes a huge difference mm-hmm. versus, you know, you see this these, these accounts and even some of the footage, you know, where it's half dark or all the way dark. They see something with fur, you know, and it could be a bear. I know we joke about it a lot, but, you know, something like this not doesn't sound like a bear, and it's broad daylight. Right, and you're watching its movements against the backdrop against of snow. Yeah. yeah. Almost impossible. 
Exactly. Uh, to misidentify what you're seeing, especially in regards to a pair of legs moving, the uprightness, arm swing, you know, shape, everything. You're dark, you're brown, you're black, whatever. You stand out like a sore thumb against the white backdrop of snow. Incredible, man. Well, I have something uh, interesting here. And, you know, folks, really, there's no end in sight as far as I'm concerned in regards to those who have cited a Bigfoot in our country. And my own personal feeling is that for every person that I hear from, there are more than likely a thousand or more that we'll never know about. This particular report came to me by way of Roy Brighton, a resident of America's Southland. Now, Roy, like a lot of people, was unwilling to give any details relative to the state or even the location uh, of where this encounter happened. And his thinking is that, number one, it would be very easy for many to identify him had he done so. Uh, And you'll see because of the business he's in. And But such is the state of affairs in the world of Bigfoot investigation, right? You have people that see they don't want to report, they don't want to be known, they don't want to touch the subject. And then you have others that maybe after a period of time decide, well, you know what, let me go talk to this guy, WJ. He sounds like a decent bloke and uh, tell him what I saw. So nevertheless, this is uh, what he had to say. As I previously mentioned to you, Bill, 25 years ago, I was an employee of what is known down south as a swamp logging crew. In the lowland timber regions of the south, there is much logging being done that continues to this very day, with many of the properties being swampy, water-soaked, and boggy. Many of your readers will recall the legend of Boggy Creek, for example. We would enter many of these properties laying out makeshift roads using log and soil where possible to access the timber through the swamps and bogs with our heavy equipment. On one job, we lost a large piece of equipment as we stood by watching it sink into a bog unable to pull it free. This particular piece of equipment represented several hundred thousand dollars vanishing into the mud. Can't believe that, Kev, can you? Now, Crazy. Many, yeah, I mean, picture yourself having an investment like that that disappears into the freaking quicksand. It's got to happen, though, you know, in these boggy, swampy Yeah, places. I mean, Jeez. you, you got to know what you're doing, and even knowing everything, you could come up... Uh, uh, at a loss, you know? Now, I'm on the edge of my seat, by the way, on this account. You know, of course, folks, I haven't heard it before either, and uh, I'm thinking there might be a little swamp ape in our future. Well, let's see what happens here. So, <laughs> many of these sites, years after having been logged, the new growth now fills in the voids created by the work. They become rich with new wildlife moving in, And such was the case with the property involved in my sighting. At the time, my co-worker Linus was quite the hunter. He would spend as much time hunting as he did work and regularly handed me an open invitation to join him, which I frequently did. 
Knowing what he knew, it was a regular practice of his to continually comb previous job sites for activity relative to animal populations moving into these areas. And the day came for the invite to one such location. He told me that he had been keeping an eye on this 200-acre spot for the past six months and had seen a lot of feral hogs moving in, as well as a couple of really decent black bears mulling about. It was a Saturday morning before sunrise when we pulled into this old logging road with the truck. We hiked into what he said was a favorable location and set up our blind. It was a lightweight camouflage tent, suitable for two men with rifles that had three screened window flaps on it, one along the front and two on the sides. So we entered the blind and waited. At this point, it was still dark, being 4.30 in the morning. As our eyes got accustomed to the darkness, it being a very overcast day, Within about 20 minutes, we were already seeing a couple of hogs moving about. Linus whispered to me that he wanted to tag one of the blackies, as he called them, and was hopeful that if we were patient, we would get one, and so we waited. As ridiculous as this may sound, I suddenly had to relieve myself, number two, and stepped out of the back of the blind. No sooner had I been right in the middle of the act than did Linus whisper loudly, Hurry up, man. I see one moving in. You can't rush this type of thing, my friends, as you know. So as soon as I was able, I was back in the blind as he pointed out in the distance in front of the blind, about 70 or 80 yards away. Yes, uh, uh, let's see here in front of the blind, about 70 or 80 yards away. Now, on a sunny day, the area we were looking at would have been in the shadows, but it was overcast with the sun having not yet risen, and we could see something moving. There was something black passing among the trees and brush, which was indistinguishable, so many trees being between us and it but we could see the image of it, its shadow or outline, if you will. Linus said it was the biggest black bear he had ever seen. Now, I wasn't half the hunter that he was and hadn't identified anything that I would call a huge bear, with the only thing that I had seen being some dark flashes of color that were moving. Of that much, I was certain. Linus puts his rifle on the pole and was trying to scope it for a better look when he said, What the heck? I said to him, What the what? And he said, Hold on, man, I'm trying to get a better look, but it keeps moving. He then said, My God in heaven, it's a Bigfoot. He told me to take a look, my rifle not having a scope on it, and so I moved over and looked. What I saw was something hunched over, its apparent back moving up and down like someone weeding a garden, not looking anything like Bigfoot to me personally. I asked him, what makes you think this is a Bigfoot? 
He said, keep watching. Almost on cue with Linus having said that, it stood up. And as sure as shooting, it was a friggin' Bigfoot. I couldn't believe it. And as Linus took the rifle back, I found myself somewhere between total fear and total ecstasy having seen it. Having only one scope to share, Linus said, it's moving away. It looks like it's holding something. And then it was all over. Linus was gleaming, wearing a smile from ear to ear. He said, can you believe that, man? We just saw a Bigfoot. It took me a couple of minutes to come back to Earth from wherever I was because, frankly, it was overwhelming. The two of us then moved outside of the blind and were now cautiously walking towards where it had been. There is potential quicksand and all kinds of pitfalls in these areas, so we had to be very careful. Having finally reached the spot where the creature had been, there was blood on the ground and a fair amount of short, grayish-colored hairs, which Linus quickly identified as being those belonging to a hog. He rather astutely surmised that what we were first looking at was the Bigfoot dealing with the hog on the ground, followed by it picking it up and leaving the scene. Because he was the last to see it with the scope, he commented that it wasn't shouldering anything, so it must have had the hog under its arm or holding it in its hands. The hogs we had seen were in the 75 to 100 pound range. So if it had killed a similar one, that was quite a feat to carry it away in its hands or underarm. Originally, Linus had said it was the biggest blackie he had ever seen. Now saying it had to be six to 800 pounds, possibly more. He had identified a branch that it had walked by as being level with its neck. And when we stepped alongside it, Linus, being 5'10", held his rifle up by the trigger, and the tip of the barrel was at the branch's height. This thing, based on that measurement, was over 10 feet tall. The area we were in has large tracks of timber, such as the one we were in. But there are homes and some businesses not far away. I can't say I disbelieved in Bigfoot's existence beforehand, but truthfully, I didn't give it a second wink. This was a game changer for obvious reasons. Find the food, find the water, and you will find the animals. This day, much to our surprise... We had found the Bigfoot. Pretty interesting account, huh, Kevin? Crazy. So this guy's an experienced uh, swamp logger, and um, but it, they're out hunting for hogs. Right. Both of these guys. This yeah. other guy was a member of his team or crew. Right. And he just happened to be, you know, the avid hunter who's always out there, you know, trying to tag something, you know. Yeah, and you could see why he doesn't want to say his name or the location because there's not, I mean, there's not that many of these folks, right, that are experienced swamp loggers, avid hunters, I'm guessing, around the southeast. Small community, relatively speaking. Yeah, and if you're gun shy or Bigfoot shy, 
which unfortunately many are, uh, you know, they'd rather not, you know. Yeah. Which it's it's kind of like uh, airline pilots reporting a UFO, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's even worse because those airline pilots, unfortunately, or naval aviators, et cetera, they can end up losing their job, you know, basically lose all credibility by talking about the hairy man or UFOs. Yeah, well, maybe they just say, oh, we'd rather not have this guy any around anymore. He's chatting it up a little too much about what he saw, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I'm, the Swamp Logger community is probably uh, very small. And if he said, you know, I was in, I don't know, let's just say uh, northern Louisiana, and it, you could probably nail it down to one or two groups, maybe, or one group. And he just not rather say anything, you know. One hundred percent, I get uh, it. Uh, but interesting, huh? They're in the dark. They see some critters moving around. They're in this blind, and one has a scope, one doesn't. And he's starting to get a better look at something, and then he's like, "Man, check this out." <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine putting a scope? On a Bigfoot. It's like Jeff, the feller I did the uh, multifaceted interviews uh, with, which will be in volume uh, 12. Uh, the guide uh, from Colorado, Pikes Peak region. When he put his 10 by 50 Zeiss binoculars on this creature at about 100 yards... And he was looking at it basically at that point with 10 by 50s at 100. It's as though I'm looking at you, say, from 15 feet away. Yeah. This thing was staring at him eye to eye through the glass. Yeah. I mean, he could see the freaking hairs on its face. And uh, that drawing, I sent you that drawing, right, Kev? Yeah, yeah. Incredible, man. No, and th this whole sighting you're talking about, Bill, where he's looking through the scope and it's crouched down. He's like, wait, wait, and then the thing stands up. It reminds me vividly of that video that we reviewed down in Florida of the Swamp Ape, where, you know, you cl see clearly the shoulders of this thing doing something, like it's working with its hands, right? Yeah. And uh, you're like, oh, what the heck is that? And then all of a sudden the thing stands up and it's like, whoa. And yeah, that's hello. when the guy, I think he like started sprinting out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll never forget and that then, one. And then 10 feet tall. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine seeing a creature that's 10 feet tall. You know, I don't know, man. I First of all, you don't know exactly what you're going to do in the moment, but I can imagine what it would be like. And, I mean, there has to be a sense of fear that comes over you. Like, man, you're in harm's way. 100%, yeah. You, know, you are in harm's way, man. Ten-foot-tall monster? And yep. can you imagine how fast that thing could move if it decided to turn and come? Yeah. Uh, crazy. You're not escaping. Come on, people. This is why I always say always carry more gun than you think you're going to need, man. The the best thing you could do is maybe get a couple of rounds off and slow it down or maybe knock it down. Who knows what's going to happen? But if you've got nothing, what do you think? You're going to grab a, a branch on the ground and start swinging it? No, and that's all a big maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not going to work. 
you'd probably get one swing and it'd be jump on you and you'd be uh, a pancake. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so they're the swamp loggers, man. Wild. Yeah, there's people hooking into stuff all over the place. And as you just read, guy up on a mountain in Colorado looking down, here's this creature trying to scale this snow wall or ice wall. Can't do it. Decides to turn and walk away. <laughs> Very bizarre, man. Can you imagine seeing that, Kev? No. <laughs> well, I mean, at least that's at a distance, I, you know. That's better than seeing, uh, you know, the swamp ape up close and personal while you're surrounded by quicksand. You know, I laugh uh, regularly when I think about that little story you told me when you were standing on top of that mountain with your snowboard. And you had the uh, decal of the Bigfoot on it. Uh, And when when the guy said to you, oh, you believe in that? And you were like, yeah. (laughs) And he said to you, where? And you said, right here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was actually uh, that was in Breckenridge. No so kidding, pretty close by. Yeah, you so know. you you were in the neighborhood, man. I was in the neighborhood of Summit County. Yeah, what do you do if you're going down a mountain on a board, and a Bigfoot sees you and says, "I'm going to take that board from that guy." Hang a turn. <laughs> <laughs> bat turn, bat turn, and cue the Scooby Doo music. <laughs> Hope you don't fall. Who? <laughs> yeah, that's not the time you want to fall. Kind of like windsurfing and you look down and see a shark. Don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> don't fall. Thank you very much. Not a good time to fall. Praying for wind. Exactly. <laughs> a gust to carry me away. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, man. So what do we have in our news uh, mail today, Kevin? Yeah, we're moving on from news. Now we're doing mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, James writes in, and he says, Hi, Kevin. Hi, Bill. You know, like, you know, like y'all search of, in search of, was my favorite show as a kid. One of my favorites, too, by the way, James. He says, do you remember the show... And and that it was, sorry, <laughs> let me start over. Yeah, it's tough reading these letters the way they write <laughs> Hi, them. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Bill. You know, that that's, <laughs> it's just written in a funny way. I apologize. He says, In Search Of was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Do you guys remember later that the show Sightings was half produced by Henry Winkler? I love that show, too. So we had In Search Of, and then we had Sightings. I remember that. And he talks about, in that in that episode of Sightings, especially the episode about Bigfoot. And this was uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film, which I told you, Bill, in one of our first episodes, the, what I, the, my first exposure to Bigfoot, I remember from Leonard Nimoy's In Search Of, mm-hmm. where they reviewed the Patterson-Gimlin film. Now, Kev, I have zero recollection. I don't think I ever saw it. Of In search of? No, Sightings with Henry sightings. Winkler? Yeah, he was like the co-producer. Oh, so Let's this was after his Happy it. Days uh, stint and all of that. Yeah, the Fonz. The Fonz, man. Hey. Hey. <laughs> But go ahead. What else so then James, James transitions, and he says, and thank, thank goodness, 
James transitions because I couldn't read the first part, James, (laughs) for whatever reason. He says, Kevin, have you ever heard of the hide-behind creature? I've seen it on paranormal camera where it was caught on camera. Hideous-looking creature that's claimed a lot of loggers' lives. Sending some links, my brother. It has a Wikipedia page as well. Please let me know what you think. God bless and Merry Christmas. And uh, James, I had heard of it, but I haven't really looked into the hide behind creature. So I really appreciate you writing in about it um, because I'm definitely going to put it on the list for uh, cryptids in the news and other oddities. Yeah. The hide behind creature. Well, what is it? Shielding itself with trees? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a sneaky uh, creature. It looks a little bit like could be a hairy man, you know, but it's uh, uh, it also has uh, in some of these images just like that demonic, hideous look to it. Yeah, dog man. <laughs> By the way, Bill, I, no one wrote in this week, but we had some folks write in last week that they want to hear another dog man account. Well, you know, you can't, you know. They're just not falling like oak leaves from the tree in the fall. <laughs> well, go out there and try and find a dog, man. Yeah. Let me go into Pine Barrens and see if I can drum one up. <laughs> Here, boy. Come on. Come on. I got some milk bones. <laughs> ah! <laughs> W.J. Sheehan was found twisted and mangled in a 20-foot-tall black pine this morning. Yeah. Yeah, not me, brother. (laughs) Hear now the news. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, our next letter comes in, and it's related to all of our uh, challenges or people writing in, asking us questions, why they can't find the old podcasts. And, uh, you know, basically, it seems like if you're looking for episode one, to around episode 100, it's hard to find them on your podcast player. So Bill and I have been working with our hosting platform and the great tech support folks there, and we finally have an answer. But I'm going to lead into it with this email that came in from our friend Jane up in New Hampshire. And she writes, Bill, I think she forgot about me. Jane, don't forget about me. It gets me mad. Uh, was listening to her show last night and felt I had to investigate this issue about the, the missing episodes. Uh, per the description, the writer gave of an icon for the app she uses that does show all episodes back to number one. I was able to find that app and download it. It's called Podcast App, and we talked about that a little bit, where it's not the one that's native on the iPhone. It is another third-party app. Um, She downloaded it, Jane did, and tested it, and it does show your shows all the way back to number one. And, um, yeah, so she goes into this whole thing. But what we did find out, Bill and I found out, folks, and first off, we appreciate you writing in and help us solving this problem. We talked to our uh, hosting platform, and they had a limit set on uh, a couple of hundred episodes. So that's all they were actively, currently actively pushing up into the cloud, so to speak, and pushing out to all of these podcast players. So although they did push out episodes one through 100 originally, then they would set a limit where they weren't actively pushing it out anymore. So then you may say, well, how come some people see back to episode one and some don't? Well, the players that are out there 
have an option of how much they save on their players player memory space so you know this one which is uh um whatever it was called here pod the podcast app saves all the way back so they they put more memory on the line so to speak and save a ton of episodes now the good news is don't worry about getting this new app i'm not against you getting this new app go for it if you want to um, but we, after talking to our hosting platform, they changed the number that they're pushing up to the cloud. So by the time you listen to this, you should be able to go all the way back to episode one, regardless of your platform that you're using, and listen to those old ones too. But I warn you, like I've warned you before, the <laughs> audio quality, not so great in those early ones. The stories and accounts, just as great as the modern ones. But, yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, yeah, so it's a little snafu. And look, Kev, you know, the reality is we want, we want, we want. But uh, this podcasting thing for many is a business, right? And uh, if there's only so much memory to go around, viable space for storage, you really can't blame these outfits for uh you know, not going back five years ago. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm blaming them. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say maybe you can't blame them. You can blame them, but I'm it may be. Them. <laughs> it may be an exercise, an exercise in futility. <laughs> like like Seinfeld. Jerry, I'm blaming them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's my ride, Brad. <laughs> All right, and our last email comes in from Jesse. And Jesse writes, I've been listening to the show now for about two years, and I'm almost finished with all the episodes. I deliver mail for the post office, so I have plenty of time to listen to podcasts. I myself have had two Bigfoot encounters, one in Wisconsin and the other in Ontario, Canada. I was nine years old when, I, when the first one happened and 17 when the second one happened. I dismissed the first encounter when I was little to just being a big man in the woods. I Oh, meaning he saw a big man in the woods rather than a Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I only realized that I had seen what I had seen years later when the second encounter happened, when a Bigfoot threw a log over my friends and my heads, mm. coming inches away from hitting us. Mm. I enjoy the show and love the banter between you guys. Well, I better get back to work. The post office always makes us deliver more mail than we think we're going to need. <laughs> Very clever, Jesse. Very and, uh, clever. Wow, like you've 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 had two encounters, and that's kind of reasonable, Bill. Right? Like if you saw one once when you were a little kid. And then later on, you're like, eh, maybe that didn't really happen. Or maybe that was just a guy, you know, mm -hmm. not even a guy dressed up, but maybe a guy, you know, just walking through the woods and I mm -hmm. misunderstood what it was. But then you, then it happens to you again and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And, you know, this is something, Kevin, life that's beyond my understanding. But at 65 now, I realize more than ever that it's true, especially doing what I'm doing. And that is this. I find that in people that I've spoken to, uh, most people who have had one experience with something unusual have had more than one experience. 
and it's true for just right off the top of my head in recent days, uh, myself, Philip, uh, Dave out in Oregon, Kelly, um, the Weasel up in Ontario. Uh, there are just lots of people who have had, uh, should we label it like paranormal? Because it is out of the norm, right? Uh, whether we're talking about uh, uh, Bigfoot, UFOs, uh, Dogman, uh, you know, uh, witches on broomsticks, you know, whatever you want to call uh, out there. Uh, most people who've had one experience have had more than one. So for whatever reason, uh, certain individuals are open to it, shall we say. And I have no explanation for that. Uh, neither will I venture a guess because it would just be an exercise in uh, stupidity. <laughs> you know, interesting, you know. Yeah, good stuff. Well, good show, Bill. Happy New Year, folks. And uh, why don't you start out the year going to your favorite podcast player and leaving us a five-star review. And if you want to leave us a written review, especially a kind one, we love hearing from you, and it kind of keeps us going. So thank you so much. I hope you had uh, a great 2023, and I hope 2024 is even better. Yeah, same here, folks. And... Um you know, go out there and purchase a book or two, audio, paperback, read some Kindle, show some support. Uh, volume 11 will be out in uh, paperback and Kindle shortly. And uh, a lot of interesting stuff in there. And then, of course, I'll start working on the audio book when I'm able. But remember, folks, if you should be stomping around in the snow in Colorado or walking through the bogs and the swamps in Louisiana. You best remember one thing, my friends. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>